0: Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host Michael Chin. Give me a follow on Twitter at MFC2123. It is Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019, and yesterday saw a lot of coaches update some injury issues with their teams. We'll start off with a couple of wide receivers that won't see playing time in the immediate future. Illini's Wide receiver, Trayvon Sydney is going to miss the remainder of the season. And it's unfortunate because the trio of USC transfers have been instrumental so far this year in the success for the Fighting Illini. The three of them, Sydney included, along with Alule Batiku and Josh Amortabehebe, they all three transferred from USC to the Fighting Illini. And they all saw success. They all left USC for playing time and they saw it in Champaign and they've done that. But unfortunately for Sydney, not going to work out the way that he wanted as he's going to miss the remainder of the season. The other wide receiver that is going to miss a significant amount of time going to Iowa and their wide receiver, Brandon Smith. He's going to miss an undisclosed amount of time. Kirk Ferens was very coy as to the length of Smith's injury. It's unfortunate because Smith really was coming into his own this year. He got injured in the win over Purdue. At first, it was seen as a smaller injury, something that would potentially not keep Smith out for very long, but unfortunately, after a few more tests, got some medical observations it looks as if Smith obviously is going to miss a lot more time. Maryland, on the other hand, got some good injury news yesterday. They are getting quarterback Josh Jackson and running back Anthony McFarlane back for their tilt against Minnesota. The Gophers come in undefeated seven and oh. I'm not quite sure if Jackson and McFarlane will make that much of a difference. They are fantastic players. Anthony McFarland is one of my favorite running backs in the conference. He's just electric. He says all the right things. He's a very upstanding young man. The issue is, is I just think that there's so much mojo going on with Minnesota. It obviously helps the fact that Maryland's getting these guys back, but I just feel as if Minnesota's got this mojo going on it's going to be tough to beat them unless you're a top, top level team. And although Maryland is working their way to being one of the better teams in the conference, Mike Loxley, I believe, is still a year to two years away. He infused some talent early this year with the transfers, obviously Jackson. You're looking at Keandre Jones from Ohio State. But unfortunately, they've been kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team this year. So Who the hell knows which Maryland will actually end up showing up? So we all know which Minnesota shows up every week. That's why I like Minnesota going on this week. There are rumors going around right now, and it's that type of time of season, middle of the college year, a little bit past. You've got the NFL hitting, I believe it is week eight. And the reason being is now, Teams are having a good idea of where their teams are going, what direction they are going. And it seems as if Jim Harbaugh is getting a lot of attention right now from the NFL, and rightfully so. I've said this multiple times, and I'm going to say it again. I do not believe that Harbaugh will be fired from Michigan. What I do believe will happen Is he will be asked to leave because I think they respect Harbaugh enough in Ann Arbor where they won't fire him, but they will encourage him to find a job elsewhere. And the most likely scenario of him finding a job, I believe, is in the NFL. And the NFL rumors are going on. Uh, If you didn't see this, also, Urban Meyer has been linked to the Dallas Cowboys job. So this will be an interesting thing to see because, especially after this week, they've got a tough game against Notre Dame. Notre Dame is damn good. They fought Georgia really hard earlier in Athens. Did come away way with a loss, but they are a good, good team. I'm very interested to watch this weekend's game. I think that this, it's obviously a night game. Everyone's going to be watching it. Obviously, the luster of the Ohio State and Wisconsin game has come off a little bit due to the fact that Wisconsin got upset last weekend by Illinois, which I am still in shock from. I'm not sure I'm going to get over that one for the Badgers for a little while, but regardless, it's interesting to see what's going on with Jim Harbaugh. So we'll keep an eye out on that. Any rumors that come around that I get a chance to run past, obviously keep you updated on the Michigan head coach's job and job security, etc. CBS Sports' Jerry Palm updated his college football playoff rankings. A little bit different than some of the other rankings that they updated. Reason being, this is a projection for what the college football playoff initially will look like. Their rankings, and to the surprise of me, and probably many as well, you have two Big Ten teams in here. He's got Ohio State ranked number one. Not surprising. A lot of the national pundits have put the Buckeyes at number one. The polls obviously haven't put the Buckeyes at number one. They've looked like the most complete and impressive team early on in the season. But he's got Penn State number four. So that would mean if, according to Palm, the College Football Playoff Committee was to vote today, you'd have two Big Ten teams in there. After a two-year drought, to have two Big Ten teams in there would be absolutely fantastic for the conference. The SEC is the only conference so far in the playoff era that has placed two teams into the 14 team playoff. If Palm is correct, the Big Ten would become the second conference to put two teams into the college football playoff. That will be something to monitor, obviously. Conference coaches' salaries came out yesterday. We'll start off with the lowest paid coach in the conference. That's Tom Allen. He's making $1.805 million. Chris Ash was making 2.3. million, obviously not at Rutgers anymore. Mike Loxley's making $2.5 million. P.J. Fleck, $3.6 million million lovey smith four million that's a lot of money for a very average coach Paul Christ making four point one five mark d'Antonio four point four mil Ryan Day four point five million dollars I think it's safe to say the Buckeyes have a steal and hit a home run with Ryan Day his contract and the production so far Kirk Ferrens four point eight million Scott Frost at five and even you have James Franklin as the next coach at 5.65 million. Did I say Pat Fitzgerald? I might've missed him. He's at 5.14 million. You have Jeff Brom, 6.6 million and the highest paid coach in the conference is Jim Harlot, 7.5 million. When you look at the top coaches, you're looking at the fact that Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald's getting paid a lot for not enough production. You also have Jeff Brom into this year. He's getting paid a lot for not a lot of production. However, part of that was due to the fact that he needed to get obviously paid so that he didn't leave Purdue. So that, that that's part of it. Uh, and then you're looking at, you know, some coaches that Make a lot of money and don't do a lot of things. Mark Dantonio is interesting. That's obviously something that we're going to watch. Scott Frost getting a lot of money, and you know, his is early in his tenure. Nebraska is only in year two, but he hasn't quite lived up to that. So there's a lot of coaches make a lot of money. Uh, Harbaugh and Brom, they both placed in the top 10 nationally. Uh, Harbaugh was third behind Dabo Swinney and Nick Saban, interesting. I thought that was very interesting. I'm not surprised to see those two guys at the top of the list in Swinney and Saban because who's won the last couple of national championships? It's been those guys, and then the other guy would be Urban Meyer, and he's on the sidelines for Fox Sports 1 right now, so interesting to see how much money each of these coaches are making. My initial reaction is if these coaches are making that kind of money, They can probably kick some of that to the players. But that's another discussion for another day. Michigan State on the basketball side. Got some tough news yesterday. Josh Langford's going to miss some time again after being injured for most of the year. Last year, it was a heartfelt press conference by Tom Izzo up there shedding tears. It was a tough one for him. Foot injury most likely will keep Langford out until sometime in January. Also, some other news for the Spartans. The NCAA denied Marquette transfer Joey Hauser his immediate eligibility. They are going to apply again. And this is, again, something that the NCAA needs to fix. They need to fix the criteria. It needs to be in black and white. It can't be a case-per-case basis. It's... Been too many cases where we've seen most likely the wrong decision made by the NCAA because they're going case to case, and I hate it. This needs to be in black and white, needs to be very plain. When players transfer, X, Y, and Z gives you immediate eligibility. A, B, and C does not. Very, very easy, NCAA. Make a move. Let's do this. Very easy. You've had enough time to see how the transfer portal works, how things have gone so far, the issues that they have right now, and the biggest issue is is immediate player eligibility. That is the issue, and I would love to see the NCAA fix this and fix it soon. That's going to do it for me this morning on your Big 10 Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Give me a follow on Twitter again at MFC2123. Follow the website over there on Twitter as well at Two Cents Pods. Like us on the Facebooks. It is Two Cents Pods over there as well. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great hump day, Big Ten fans. Talk to you tomorrow.